Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. Of course, Daniel seeing this vision as he sees this vision at the end of this vision of these different nations, these different wild beasts. It says, verse 7, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And a mouth speaking great things. Now I preached on uh, Daniel chapter 2 with the image that Nebuchadnezzar had seen in a dream, and it ended with those ten toes, and those ten toes had a, a, a mountain or a stone that's cut without hands, cutting it and broke those ten toes. And I preached and I showed you that was the millennial coming of Jesus Christ, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And those ten toes, those ten toes, those are representing the kingdom at the end. And then we saw these four be- these beasts come up out of the earth. And these beasts that Daniel sees in a vision God gives him. At the end, there's these ten horns. And those ten horns are the kingdom at the very end. And it says in, out of those ten horns, it says, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. So these ten horns, they represent the ten toes. But guys, this little horn, that is the rising of the Antichrist. This is the beginning of the talk of the Antichrist, where the scriptures begin to give us definition and give us an illustration of what the Antichrist is going to be like. It says that another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. So this little horn is going to take three of these kings out of those ten kings. Three of those he's going to subdue and he's going to replace them. And then he'll be that eighth one. Now it says there he's called the little horn. Now I think that's interesting because if you look through the history of all the great types of the Antichrist... Uh, Napoleon, of course, Alexander Great was one of the greatest types of the Antichrist. Alexander Great, Napoleon, uh, even Mussolini, Stalin, these guys were all little guys. Alexander the Great was supposed to only been five foot six. Napoleon was five foot seven. That was probably with high heels on. Uh, Stalin was only five foot four. Hitler was, when I looked it up, it was either between five foot six and five foot nine. But he wasn't a very tall guy. So all these guys that are great tops of the Antichrist, they're little. And I think it's interesting that it says that he'll be the little horn. Another little horn comes up. And that makes me wonder if the Antichrist isn't going to be a little bitty fella. And you'll say it doesn't have anything to do with stature as we get through it. Because what it has to do with him speaking great things. See that at the end of verse 8? Speaking great things. So let's continue on. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. Those are the thrones of these different kingdoms. And the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery f- flame, and his wheels as burning fire. This is God. And so, notice it says this, hair of his head like the pure wool. Now you understand why the English judges would wear those white wigs. You've seen them wearing those white wigs? This is where they get that from. This is a judge sitting on a throne. That's why they would show up. The judges would wear those white wigs. They got that straight from your Bible. Verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. This is the great white throne judgment that's talked about in Revelation chapter 20. This is when God judges the lost world. There it says, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. Those are the ones that are being judged by God for their sins, and the books are opened. But notice it says, 
thousands, thousands ministered unto him. Guys, that's us. That's us at the judgment, at the great white throne judgment, helping God out, ministering unto God as he gives us judgment. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we're going to judge the world and angels. He tells you this. And that's what this is a prophecy of, of to come. Verse 11, I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I behold even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. In the Revelation 19, the Antichrist is thrown into the fire, into the flaming fire, into hell. So that's a prophecy of that. Verse 11, now look at verse 12. As concerning the rest of the beasts, and remember those beasts are kingdoms, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. This is the millennial kingdom. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's, he's prolonging that time for a thousand years. Notice that it's giving you the great white throne judgment. It's giving you the uh, Antichrist being thrown into hell. And then it's giving you the millennial kingdom. It's giving it to you backwards, see? Revelation gives it to us in the right way. This is kind of, he's throwing it out and then he's throwing it out and then he's throwing it out. And he's kind of giving it backwards as he's describing it. At verse 13, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, that'd be Jesus Christ, came with the clouds of heaven, that'd be us, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, this millennial kingdom, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. That's a millennial reign of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we rule and reign with Jesus Christ. These, see, these are all prophecies way back in Daniel chapter 7. Way before Revelation 19. Way before Revelation 20, guys. The, the Bible's given, the Lord has already given us stuff to us. This is nothing new to us. But let me tell you something. According to this verse and according to Revelation, according to Zechariah, Jesus Christ will reign on this earth. Don't ever doubt that. Anybody tells you that, tells you Jesus Christ is not going to rule and reign on this earth, they're of the devil. Amen. They're trying to take the glory of Jesus and bring it down here. Anybody that takes the glory of Jesus and brings it down here, they're full of the devil. And you can tell them this pastor said that. Verse 15, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and Ask him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the thing. So this evidently is an angel that was by, and he's going to tell Daniel what the vision was. Verse 17, these great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall rise out of the earth. And I preached on that already. Verse 18, but the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Now, here in Daniel, this is where it gets a little confusing. This is where some Christians get it messed up. Where it's talking about saints here, it's not talking about born-again believers, it's talking about Jewish saints. And more than likely, it's talking about Jewish tribulation saints. Okay, you've got to grab a hold of that, because in a minute, it's going to talk about the Antichrist beating them down. And we know out of Scripture that we're not going through the tribulation period. So this is the Jewish tribulation saints. And obviously, the context is the Jews when it comes to Daniel and what God's given Daniel about his people. Not about the Christians, but about his people. Verse 19, Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, his nails of brass, which devoured, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes, and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout 
than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. That's the Jewish tribulation saints going through the tribulation period as the Antichrist is persecuting them in Revelation chapter 12. And God is, t- takes the Jew and tries to hide those Jews off in Petra and tries to hide them away during the tribulation period because the devil's out trying to kill all the Jews he can. Jesus Christ talks about that in Matthew chapter 24 where he says you need to run, you need to flee. It's the Sabbath, you better pray it's not in the Sabbath because you're going to have to re- flee into the mountains. That, he's talking to the Jew, he's not talking to a Christian. And we, we've talked about that before. Verse 22, until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Okay, there's going to come a time where Jesus Christ is going to come back. The Jews are going to rule this world with Jesus Christ. Christians are going to rule this world with Jesus Christ. Verse 23, thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it into pieces. This is the one world government. This is the new world order that you hear people talking about. This is that kingdom. This is what every politician all around the world wants to have. They want to have a one world government. They want to have a one world banking system. They want to have a one world religion. That's what the Pope's doing. Have you seen the latest video the Pope put out? He has, he has a Jew there. He has a Muslim there. He has a Catholic there. He has a, he has a Buddhist there. And they all say, we believe. He has, all has them saying, we believe. And, and the Pope says, we all agree to believe. And then they all say, I believe in love. I believe in love. All four of them say, I believe in love. And he says, well, so can't we just get along is basically the video. And it shows them all holding hands, trying to put their hands together as Buddhists, as Muslims. But we don't all believe the same thing, Popey Poo. We don't all believe the same thing. That's why it's never going to work. That's why we can't coexist. Because see, as a Christian, I give you the freedom to believe what you want to believe. But as a Muslim, you don't do that for me. You want to kill me. I can read my history book. We don't all believe the same thing. That's that one world religion the Pope is trying to force on us. Let's all get along. It's a one world religion. It's a one world government. That's what Bush got up. Bush got up, the first Bush got up and said he wanted a new world order. It's a new world government. It's, hey, let's all, it's all tied together. When a parakeet sneezes over in China, the stock market over in America does something, doesn't it? Don't you get tired of that? You wonder why the gas goes up? It's because somebody way over here in China did something. Guys, it used to not be that way. But as the world is getting closer and closer to this new world government, to the Antichrist kingdom, it's starting to get that way. Everybody's, everything's coming together. And that's what the angel's telling Daniel. That's the way it's going to be. It's going to devour the whole earth. Verse 24. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And another shall arise after them. And he shall be, be diverse from the first and shall subdue three kings. That's the Antichrist again. And the Antichrist is, is talked about again that the Antichrist is going to be ten kings. Three of them are going to be subdued. Evidently, the Antichrist is going to have something to do with that. And he's going to take their place. And he'll be from the seventh and be the eighth. Look at Revelation chapter 17. Let's look at these ten kings a little closer. Revelation 17. You can't study Daniel and the prophecy out of Daniel without studying the book of Revelation. Look at Revelation 17. John is given a vision, just like Daniel was given a vision. John is given a vision here in Revelation chapter 17. And look at verse 3. For time's sake, we're going to skip through some of this. But look at verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now skip down to verse 7. 
And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and the ten horns. Now skip down to verse 10. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, talking about the Antichrist, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. There's seven of them. He comes out, and he becomes the eighth one. Verse 12, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. So here's those ten kings that Daniel was prophesying about in Daniel chapter 7. Here it is again over here. And it says that these have one mind, verse 13, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. That's the Antichrist. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Amen. So that's a reference to a battle of Armageddon that's going to take place when the Antichrist fights Jesus Christ when he comes back. And, of course, we know Jesus Christ is going to wipe them out 200 miles to the horse's bridle. The blood's going to run. We know all that. I've been preaching about all of that. But notice about these ten kings. I want to show you something because so many people have said that we need to be looking for a ten federated kingdom to rise up. And I've heard uh, Jack Van Empey, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with Brother Jack, but he's saying... There has to be ten federated kingdoms. These ten countries to come together, you know, America and Britain and China, and they're going to try to come together, and he's always looking for that. And I don't necessarily agree with him, and I'll show you why. And I'm not saying he's wrong. He might be right. But let me show you why I believe it's something different. Look at verse 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, okay, they're kings, which have received no kingdom as yet. These kings have no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings. See that? They receive power as kings, one hour with the beast. These are ten individuals. They don't have a kingdom, but they get a little kingdom for a little while, the Antichrist kingdom at the last three and a half years, and, and it says they receive power as kings. Look for what? One hour with the beast. For so a little short time, they have a little bit of power as kings. So I don't believe this is a ten federated kingdom. I believe that these ten kings, you're never going to find out about them. The reason why I say that is this. I believe, and I'm a conspiracy theorist, I believe this world is run by secret societies. I believe this world is run by societies like the Illuminati. I believe this, this world is run by the Trilateral Commission. If you look at the Trilateral Commission, you've got... Bushes, you got Clintons, you got Reagan, you got all these guys sitting together at a table. And guess what happens? Jimmy Carter, guess what happens to all these guys? They just happen to become all president. Hmm. Trilateral Commission, Bilderberg Society. All these societies that are the upper elite of the political spectrum, the upper elite of the financial people. These are the secret society people. I believe these are the ten kings that the Bible's talking about. That they're going to help the Antichrist come into power because they're the ones that are actually running the world from where they're at. I believe that. Now take it or leave it, that's just what I believe. I believe we'll never know. So that's why I personally I don't look for this ten federated kingdom. I believe they could be existing right now in a room somewhere meeting. And, but it says that the Antichrist is going to take three of them out. Which is interesting. Look up at verse 11. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, is of the seventh, going to perdition. There's numbers that are tied to the Antichrist. Antichrist definitely has numbers that are tied to him. A lot of y'all know uh, the number 666. But that number right there was the number eight. Because it said in Daniel that there was seven 
then three were took away, which was equals seven, and then he's and then you got plus one, and of course that equals eight. And you got the eight, that number eight is tied to the Antichrist somehow. And you see there in verse 11 what it said that he was of the eighth. When you're really having a bad time, what do they tell you? You're behind the eight ball, right? You're behind the eight ball. And the eight ball is the last one to go down by the white ball. Like Revelation, where Jesus Christ comes in and he takes the Antichrist out last. Whenever a occultist draws the number eight, somebody who's into the occult, they draw the number eight with, as a snake devouring its tail. Now, you know I'm not a very good artist. Y'all been around me long, long enough to know that. But they draw it as a snake devouring his tail. Now, the number eight in Scripture, and the number eight, of course, is tied to Antichrist in a way, but the number eight is eternity. And they always try to draw the eight like this, sideways. Now, I didn't do that very good. But they draw the number eight sideways, which stands for eternity. When I see the number eight like that, I see eyes. And when I see eyes, I always think of an owl. Now, if you know your Bible, you know an owl is a type of an unclean spirit in the Bible. I won't have any kind of owl around anything in my house at all. I believe an owl is an unclean spirit. The Bible teaches it's an unclean spirit. And I believe that's why, of course, you all know my background. My background, I come from an occult background. I was really heavy into the occult before I got saved. What, is that, what do they tell you about an owl? That's a symbol to the occult. That's a symbol of wisdom, Right? Even as little kids, when I was growing up, they, would, they took the lollipop to the owl. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a lollipop? Who was the one who's eating the lollipop? They took it to the owl because he's got all the wisdom. Well, other types of unclean spirits and devils in the Bible is an owl, a snake, a dragon, frog. Those are all unclean spirits according to the Bible. So when you go to an occult shop, you see rings, you see tattoos. They have snakes, they have owls, they have... All kinds of unclean things like that. Tattooed on them or they have them on rings. Dragons is a real popular one. Snakes. Death with skulls. All that's tied to all of that. When Anytime you talk about eyes, you can't help when you talk about eyes. There's always, there's always one eye. And the, that one eye is the Luciferian eye. You see it on the back of your $1 bill, right? The back of your $1 bill with the, with the pyramid. That's what you see. On the back of your $1 bill is that eye, that all-seeing eye. The all-seeing eye, guys, that's Lucifer. To the Luciferian society, to Satanists, that's Lucifer. And in the back of your $1 bill, that's an eye coming down on top of a pyramid. Now, y'all guys have been under my preaching and teaching. Y'all know the Bible pretty well. Jesus Christ says he's ahead of the corner. There's only one thing that could be the corner in the head. That's the top of a pyramid. Jesus Christ is that head cornerstone. And that dollar bill is showing you that Satan wants to take Jesus Christ's place as the head of the corner. Every one of your one dollar bills, that's what it's proclaiming, that Satan is going to take that head of the corner. Some of this stuff is way out there, amen. <laughs> yeah, it's way out there. I know it's way out there, but I'm trying to wake you up, make you think. Why are you doing the things you're doing? Of course, we know the number 13 is tied to the Antichrist, amen? Revelation 13, the Antichrist comes up. All the stuff we know about the Antichrist, when it comes to Revelation, comes out of, a lot of it comes out of Revelation 13. And Revelation 13, 18. And of course, we know 13 is an unlucky number, amen? Where do you think we get this stuff from? There's some hotels that don't even have a 13th floor. We get this stuff out of the Bible. There was a time where America followed the Bible. They might not tell you that, but that's where that stuff comes from, okay? It didn't come from a Koran. 18, that's three times six. Six, six, six. 13, 18, Revelation 13, 18 is where we get the number. It's given to us the number of the beast, 666. 
You'll see in the occult. Now, I know some of this stuff, not by I'm bragging about it because I was into this stuff. That's why some of this stuff is so touchy to me because I see it and it bothers me real bad, like the owl and the dragon and the snakes and all of that. What they'll do is they'll say FFF. Watch out for that. FFF is the equivalent. That's the sixth letter in our alphabet, and the Satanists will use that. They'll use FFF for 666. 666, why is that the number of the beast? Well, six is the number of man, right? Man was created on the sixth day. When you die, they're going to bury you six feet under. More than likely, you're going to have six pallbearers. Six is the number of man. Three is the number of the Trinity. That's the number of God, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. God is a Trinity, the Godhead. So when you have 666, you have 666. You have man, 666, trying to be God. The Antichrist. And it says in the Antichrist in Thessalonians, he's going to stand up and say, I'm God. That's why he's got the number 666. He's trying to portray himself as God. The Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's the Trinity. That's what we call the Holy Trinity. Satan is going to do an unholy Trinity. He's going to have Satan as the Father. The Antichrist is Christ, is the Son. And then the false prophet is the Holy Ghost. He's got an unholy Trinity. That he's going to be doing. Watch out for those numbers like that. Watch out for those numbers like that. Back in Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. The rise of the Antichrist. Be looking for those numbers. Those numbers are everywhere. I'm not trying to get you into <laughs> looking for something every time you turn the corner, but it's everywhere. All right, back in Daniel chapter 7. Look for it, guys. Look for it. God, God's giving you wisdom. He's giving you eyes to see, ears to hear. Use them. You got the wisdom. The Bible tells you straight out, here's the number, 666. So watch out for that number. Look for it. When I, when I used to run a press, when I was a pressman, we had a counter that would tell me how many sheets of paper I ran through there. And there were sometimes I had to run different sets. And if I ever ran 666, and that's where my press ended on, I'd run one more sheet through, 667. So you're that superstitious? About 666 I am. Yes, sir, I am. So what's God's number? You don't ever see God's number. God's number is either 1, 3, or 7, 7, 7. You don't ever see that number right there. That's God's number right there. The Trinity perfection. 7 is a number of perfection. That's God right there. 7, 7, 7. Amen. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given unto his hand until a time and a times, and the dividing of the times. So these saints are given into his hand a time, that's one, a times, two, and the dividing of a time, that's a half a time. That's one plus two, that's three and a half, that's three and a half. Go to Revelation, that's three and a half years. The Bible talks, and the Revelation talks about 1260 days, 42 months, three and a half years. That's a time, a times, and a dividing of a time. So that's the rule of the Antichrist. When he comes into his full power, I believe when he's resurrected, when he gets that wound, and we'll talk about that sometime, he gets that wound and it looks like he's slain. He comes forth and he stands in the temple and says, I'm God. There's three and a half years of great tribulation. That's a time, times, and a dividing of time. Look at the middle of verse 25 and it says, that, he, and to think to that this Antichrist is going to think to change times and laws. Years ago, I couldn't understand that, 25 years ago. And I got all the books I had, and they really didn't say, uh, he's going to try to change the Jewish laws. And he is going to try to change the Jewish laws. But guys, now that we're living in 2016, 
And you know what you know about Islam? What does Islam do when they come in and conquer somebody and they want to rule somebody? They bring in a thing called the Sharia law. And with that Sharia law, they change everything. They bring in their own laws. I believe, according to this verse and some other verses, that the Antichrist is going to be tied to Islam in one way or another. He's going to be tied to Islam one way or another. I really believe that. Because there's parts in Revelation that says he cuts off their heads. Cuts off their heads. Now, who do you know cuts off the heads of their enemies? Islam. I'll give you the answer. Islam does. Look up, look up verse 25. Up at top of verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High. One of the main characteristics in closing about the Antichrist is he's going to speak great words. Look at the end of verse 8. Eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. See that? Verse 11, I beheld them because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. Look at verse 20. The end of verse 20. And the mouth that spake very great things. And then we're in verse 25, and he shall speak great words against Most High. See that theme going through there? The Antichrist is going to be speaking great things. Guys, the Antichrist is going to be a politician. He's going to be a great politician. Hitler killed millions of people with only his words. Only his words. There's a painting that a guy painted of Hitler, and he's down in a basement, and there's, you know, maybe 30 people in this room, and they all have their eyes transfixed on Hitler, and he's standing up, and Hitler's got his hand like that, and Hitler's speaking. Uh, they all have their eyes transfixed on Hitler in this little basement back before he became a dictator, and the name of the painting is, In the Beginning Was the Word. Why did he put that title on that painting? Because that's how Hitler did it, with the word. The Antichrist is going to come in, he's going to speak great things. He's going to be a great politician. Look at Daniel chapter 8. Look at Daniel chapter 8, verse 25. This is, we'll, we'll get into this sometime, but this is the Antichrist. Speaking about the Antichrist. Daniel chapter 8, verse 25. And speaking of the Antichrist here, Daniel says, And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. Through his policy. Who has policies? Politicians. The Antichrist is going to be a great politician. He's not going to be a warmonger. People think the Antichrist is going to be some kind of great war general. The Antichrist is going to just be a great politician. Listen to me. Obama's in office simply because he knows how to speak. Anybody who had any kind of sense could look at his record. He's never held a job a day in his life. I mean, he never did nothing for nobody, but then he runs and he wins. Why does he win? Because he knows how to speak. He's got power. Revelation chapter 6, don't turn there, but Revelation chapter 6, when it talks about the rise of the Antichrist, it says he has a bow but he has no arrows. See, there's no arrows mentioned. That's not somebody's coming in with military power. That's somebody coming in with political power. The Antichrist is going to be a great politician. He's going to speak great words. Great words. You need to be careful about your words. You got to watch out for words, and you got to watch out for your own words. Let's close in Matthew 12, and then just in closing real quick, if you still got your Bible open, look at Matthew 12, and I'll show you. This is very important for a Christian. We're talking about the Antichrist and, and, and the rise of the Antichrist and what he's going to do. But look at Matthew chapter 12. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Look what Jesus Christ said. But I say unto you that every idle word, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Woo! <laughs> Guys, you know when you're just driving down the road and you just spied off something? God says you're going to give account for that. Your words have power. Men's words have power. Men have destroyed millions of people like Hitler destroyed millions of people just with his words. Never firing a gun. 
You're going to give, have to give the same account for your words. Look at verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. Hey, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. How can a man get justified by his words? I'll show you how you can get justified by your words. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. That justifies me in the eyes of God. Isn't that amazing? That's how powerful words are. By simply calling out with the mouth, confessing with the mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord. Lord, I need you. I don't want to go to hell. Will you please save me? God says, with your words, I'm going to justify you. And then another man over here might say, I don't need Jesus Christ. I think, you know, I'm not that bad a person. And God says, by your words, I'm going to condemn you. See how powerful words are? The Antichrist, full of the devil, Satan, manifest, Satan. One of the wisest beings that ever walked this earth, Satan knows the truth about words. He knows if I'm going to control a nation, if I'm going to control the whole world, I'm going to do it through great words. And that's how the Antichrist is going to rise up, as a politician speaking great words. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.